0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, September 30th. My heavens, we've made it to the end of September uh, and are on the brink of October here. Gosh, Uh, wherever you are, uh, whenever you listen to this, I wish you my love. I wish you God's love. I wish you God's beauty and grace today Uh, and whatever is going on in your world. Uh, just know our God is right there, right there in your midst. Where else would he be? That's how much he loves you. Hey, uh, we have a feast day, of course, because I'm telling you, we are in feast central. We are in feast central because uh, we're going to have another one tomorrow. And if we had Saturday's pod, we'd have one then too. We'll have one Monday. I mean, really, this is the season of feasts. I'm going to copyright that. And uh, and every time we hear it, I'll make like two cents off that. Wonderful title, but we're smack in the middle of it. Uh, St. Jerome today. Feast of St. Jerome. So we'll talk a little bit about Jerome uh, at the end. And uh, not only his life, but again, where it points. So where it can point us to. Uh, And he is a great, one of the doctors of the church, of course, but, uh, but one of the founding, the four foundational ones of the Western church. So, uh, but, but uh, we are back to Luke. Uh, remember how I said on Tuesday we probably would finish chapter 9 yesterday, Wednesday. Had it not been a feast, we would have done that. So we are starting chapter 10 today. Uh, so Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 12. A little bit longer gospel today. So let's get right to it. Let's see what our God has through us through Luke's writings today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus appointed 72 others, whom he sent ahead of him in pairs, to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. In whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on them. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves their payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it, and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, Go out into the streets and say, the dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I mean, really, the gospel here today is fairly simple, isn't it? Uh, From a 30,000-foot view, it's simply saying Jesus can't do all the work. We can't leave it all to God. We can't leave it and say, ah, it's in God's hands. He'll take care of it. You know, it's like that old uh, um, story that says, you know, the, the person was sitting there and he saw the sick and the poor and the hungry pass by his window. And he says, God, I'm so angry at you. How come you don't do anything about those people who are in need of your help? And in the silence, he hears a voice that speaks to him and says, I did do something. I made you. That's what we're hearing, right? That's what we're hearing. I did do something. I made you. That Jesus picks 72 others. He appoints them. It's even more than picking. It's like commissioning them. I'm commissioning you 72, which is, is remember when Jesus said we forgive 70 times, 7 times, or 77 times? He's not saying, okay, forgive 77 times and on the 78th time. we He's saying endlessly, right? That we have to either be in forgiveness or we're not in forgiveness. Choose which side you're going to be on. Well, it's the same here. Jesus appointed 72 other disciples. It's not like, okay, 72, that's what I need. There are, you know... 36 towns out there you're going you know partners up so okay that's i need 72. it's it's ultimately scripture talk of saying i'm appointing a multitude i'm commissioning you and you have to go out and be the laborers for this harvest that that's 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 the deal how did we get commissioned have you been commissioned well the answer to that is yes right You and I were commissioned in our baptism. We were commissioned in our confirmation. You know, in the old days, and I'm grateful they don't do this anymore, you know, because it's kind of odd. But the the sign where it was pointing is not odd at all. In the old days, when you got confirmed, do you know what the bishop did or do you know what somebody did? Slapped you on the face. They slapped you on the face. Again, I'm kind of glad they don't do that anymore. But I like where it's pointing. Because what it says is, listen, you're going to go out there and, and, and it's not going to be easy. This mission is not a cushy one. You are commissioned. You are baptized into it. You and I, brothers and sisters, we are, are you know, anointed into it and, and boom, let me slap you on the face or in the backside or wherever it is that says, you got to go and it's not easy but you got to go. I love that line. It just makes me chuckle. Greet no one along the way. You know, let's say I'm going here to this town 20 miles away. I'm going to Chilton, you know, and I'm going and I'm just a walking, I'm a walking. And I pass somebody, a friend of mine, my friend Ruth looks at me and says, Hey, Joe, what's up? Sorry. Jesus said, I can't greet you. I'm gone. obviously that's not what he's saying he's not saying i can't say hey ruth how are you my friend he's saying don't stop don't stop don't stop and get caught up in that conversation so much that you veer off of your mission that's all he's saying He's saying, listen, this mission is so important. It doesn't mean you can't take somebody with you. He appointed them and sent them out in pairs. In fact, that's the only way we can go out. Because if I'm getting slapped, I need somebody else to step up because that's going to set me back a moment until I can get my wits about me again and keep moving forward. And when they get slapped, that's when I move forward. We do it together. We do it together. That's the only way we can get through. We carry each other. We carry one another. And uh, and my friendships, you know, that that's that's one of the ways that I'm carried. And yours too, I suspect. That's good. But we're sent out. I want to talk about that sending idea. I love it. And I'm going to speak on both sides of this, opposite sides of, of a coin about it. I love it for, for two reasons. One is this. Um, that, that, we're not the ones who make it grow, right? Harkens back to that line, you know, that that the kingdom of God is like someone who plants a seed, and uh, and they place it in the ground, and they they go off and do something else, and the seed grows, and they and they go to bed at night, and the seed grows, and they get up in the morning, and the seed grows. Um, that their job was to plant, and then go about the rest of their business. The growth of the seed is not not theirs at all. That's, that's someone else's work entirely. And whose work is that? That's God's work. We're not the master of the harvest. We're laborers. Brothers and sisters, we've been commissioned uh, in our anointings, in our immersion into the water and rising this new creation. We are commissioned to go out and plant that seed. But we don't have to make it grow. We can't make it grow. We don't have to be there and, and do things all during it. Our job is to plant the seed where we are, where we are today. Where we are today, we've got to plant seed. And then go about your business, because tomorrow you may be in a different place. And do you know what you have to do? You have to plant seed there, too. And do you know what you have to do the next day? You have to plant seed there, too. But don't worry. Why? Because Jesus is going to visit. He's, he's going on ahead, Right. I mean, if he really sent 72 people out, and I'm sure he did, and had to visit 70, 32 towns, 36, excuse me, let's get my math right, um, it's going to take him a while, right? On God's time, God will visit the work that you do, well, that God does through you. You don't have to sit there and watch it and say, hey, man, I planted the seed. I must be a failure because, look, nothing's growing here. Do you know what? God's going to visit because he promised. We're going ahead. With the work of the Spirit, we plant that seed, and then we go on ahead to another place and plant, wherever life takes us. But we trust that seed to the one who is the grower, the one who is life itself. On God's time, God will make that happen, that we are not God. We trust the growing to God, to the harvest master. But he's our master. And, and, and that sounded really patriarchal there. He's our master. I mean, God is in charge. How about I say it that way? He's the one who will make it happen. We just need to listen and do our part to say yes and move on. Faithful servants. The other half of that that I love is the resurrection story. I was just talking uh, to my buddy Tony about this the other day, that, you know, God invites us to step out in faith, right? Right you know, in the resurrection story, I want to say it's Matthew, could be Mark. Um, anyway, uh, the disciples, again, I think it's Matthew, the disciples don't see Jesus in Jerusalem uh, in this particular story. Anyway, that uh, Mary Magdalene, you know, is the one waiting by the uh, the uh, the tomb, and the stone rolls away, you know, whatever, and, and she and Jesus are encounter each other, and Jesus tells her, go and tell my friends that I am risen and that they are to go to Galilee where I will go ahead of them and I will meet them there. That he doesn't come through the walls in the upper room in Jerusalem, not in this gospel story. In this one, you are to go to Galilee, but I'm going to go ahead of you and I'll meet you there. You know, in this gospel, we're going ahead and Jesus, God's going to come in God's own time. Okay. And that growth will happen. But in the other story, God goes ahead of us and we go and we walk in faith and we know we're going to meet you there. And you know what? Both are true in this story. Both are true. God goes ahead of us because you know what? If we're planting seeds of our own agenda, mm, that's going to go nowhere. No life going to come from that. But God goes ahead of us because He's the one who calls us to that place. He's already there. He's tilled the soil and made it ready. We got to plant it, which is the work of the Spirit, anyway. And then we move on, and He grows. He, he God will grow that uh, in God's time, in God's way. And we're not responsible for that. All we got to do is be that conduit I talked to, right? Because it's the the the, the water. That, that does the work. It's, it's the seed that does the work. And that's all God's stuff. I just got to make sure it's not it's not blocked. When God calls me there, I got to hear because God's already there. If God's calling me children, I just got to say yes. I got to hear it and I got to say yes. God's the one who made the call. God's the one who will plant the seed because I can't plant my seed. You know, that's going to go nowhere. And God's the one who will make it grow. It's all God. He's there ahead of us. He's there behind us. He's there in the midst. We're just the laborers. That harvest is out there, brothers and sisters. You know it, I know it. It Changes every day. Who it is and what their needs are. But we don't have to know all that. God knows it. We just have to say yes. We just have to say yes. And it's okay to say hello to your friends on the way. Just don't let it distract you. All right, St. Jerome. St. Jerome, let's talk a little bit. He deserves far more than this. Again, one of the great... Foundational doctors of the Western Church. Um, brilliant, brilliant. you know, there was, um, oh gosh, St. Augustine basically said and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it poorly, but he said, basically listen, if Jerome doesn't know of it, no human has ever thought of it or no human has ever discovered it. That's how much Saint. Augustine, another foundational, like the four foundational doctors of the Western Church, yeah, that's another one complimenting that one saying, yeah, yeah, listen, Jerome hasn't thought of it. If Jerome hasn't discovered it, no human has. <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. That's awesome, isn't it? That's the intelligence of this person we're talking about, the wisdom, the knowledge. He knew like four, I want to say four or five languages born in, uh, in, in what we would have, at least when I was growing up, called Yugoslavia, now what, Croatia, Bosnia, that area. Um, the Croat states over there, and uh, and then moved to Rome, which was the center of learning, uh, and uh, and went to school there and grew in wisdom and strength, kind of like Jesus did. There went to Trier, Germany, which is uh, kind of over by the Luxembourg border of Germany, and I didn't realize that at that at that time. Was uh, was a great educational center as well. I think of the northern, you know, invaders from Germany, but that Trier, T R I E R, was a great center of learning at the time too. Um, and uh, and again, just he was also known for having a great temper. Uh, and 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 to his great credit, he um, would uh, after he would use that great temper, and and not always, but usually. In uh, in defense of the church and defense of the teachings of Christ, uh, and the teachings of the church, uh, he would um, he would lay into some people and and let them have it in no uncertain terms, but he would also be quick to humble himself and and feel remorseful and and ask forgiveness. Uh, and so, brothers and sisters, when we enter into our shadow sides, which we all have, we all have them, uh, we would do well to to. Mimic to follow hard after Jerome in being quick to remorse as well, um, even, even when those shadow sides are in defense of something good. Uh, um, so ultimately, uh, what Jerome did in knowing these four or five languages, he knew Latin, he knew Hebrew, he knew Aramaic, he knew Greek, he knew Chaldaic. I mean, all these things. Well, remember, Scripture, of course, was written primarily the Old Testament in Hebrew, and primarily the New Testament in Greek. Well, if I were to give you a scripture right now in Greek or Hebrew and say, good luck, God love you, read that scripture, I think most of us would be like, Joe, you've just given me a pile of paper that means nothing to me. I mean, even now, let's say I gave you a, a, a scripture passage or, or a book or the whole Bible in, in Russian or in uh, in in German or in French. Uh, those of us who, who aren't, French speakers, I mean, I had two years of German in seventh and eighth grade. You know, I can say, ich bin studenta. You know, I am a student, but, you know, unless that the scripture just goes and says that time and time again, that's not helping me much because I can't read that. So what he did is he took these books in Hebrew and he took these books in Greek and he translated them into Latin, which was the, the general language of the day, certainly was within the Roman Empire. So they were more accessible to the people. You know, that's kind of what happened in the Protestant Reformation too, right? Through Gutenberg, that uh, he made the scriptures accessible in German, in the German language. Uh, and it was, and, and then anyone could carry it, and anyone could learn. And it wasn't just the elites that had scripture, because then it can be about power and control and that's what vatican ii did right when uh, when the liturgy could be done in the vernacular and again when that happens there's an explosion of of understanding and and excitement about who and what christ is and who and what god is and therefore who and what i am that's what jerome gave us the ability to do he took what was what was outside of our ability to learn and understand, and he brought it to us. And he spoke in our language. He spoke in our language so we could get it. Brothers and sisters, I would say there are two translations that we can learn from Jerome that we in our life today must apply, must apply. And the first is this. When we hear the word of God, and praise be to Jesus Christ because of Jerome to help make it more accessible to us, when we hear the word of God, we need to translate that into action. Because words are one thing, but people will watch what we do. And if we translate that word into our very being, if we eat it, to use the prophet Ezekiel, right, and we take it inside, and it becomes us, or we become it, rather, right? And we translate it into our life, into our action. That may be the only gospel some people read. And that's an important translation. What's the second translation we need to do? Remember, we're we're commissioned, we're appointed to go out into the, the communities ahead. God's already there, but we're appointed to go out there and plant that seed. And we must translate that word of God into the way other people hear and speak. Jerome lived among the Roman Empire and a bunch of Latin people, you know, speaking people couldn't understand Hebrew and Greek. And so what did he do? He made it accessible to them in their language so they could get it. Brothers and sisters, those people in our life today, around us, they speak their own language and we must know it. Because in knowing it, then we can translate the Word of God into how they speak and into ways they will hear. We must translate the Word of God into action and we must translate the Word of God into ways other people will hear. And then you know what we do? We step back and we let God do the work because this is God's work. It's not ours. We're not God. But we need to say yes Our part in that work. The kingdom of God is at hand. Can't happen without us, right? God, why don't you do something? I did do something. I made you. Let's pray. So we continue through uh, the joyful mysteries today, right? And let's just lift whatever's going on in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our experience and our In our outer world, let's lift it to God, to the one who knows. Who knows? And who's already there and will do the growing. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Jerome, pray for us. My friends, in this season of feasts, trademark Joe, may you be blessed, may you know of the prayers of the saints And may you be held in the loving, merciful, good arms of our God. God's peace.